0: This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I believe yeah,
2: me. Yeah, yeah, Blessing yeah, when the land is more commessive. As long to see me. Blessing yeah, when
1: the land is more commessive. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us once again here on the ShrimpNet. You know the format by now. Um, There's one idiot from the Trust in yours truly. Uh, There's another, uh, the voice of reason from the Trust is Joel, who is with us tonight. Uh, We always have one in the know person from the boardroom. And uh, tonight it's the return of Sir Roderick of Taylor. Welcome along, Rod.
1: You're welcome, David.
0: Uh, And our special guest from the club, uh, shedding some light on what has become a strange but Stress specialist position at all EFL clubs, I can't even speak, Um, it's welcome along to our new video analyst Harry Taylor. Harry thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. So we'll start as we always do with a review of the games that have gone. I'll take my glasses off because I don't need to read anything now. Um, I'll come to Joel first. Accrington Stanley uh, last Saturday, uh, yet again another game that lived up to the billing Joel. Uh, a bit of a contentious sending off, but uh, two all, two all in a red card by half time. It was all happening, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean that that, that first half really was quite something. I think it, it was very open, and I don't think that was too surprising. You know, you look at the team that Accrington have kind of been. They they are quite attacking, but also a little bit ropey in defence. And you know that 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 you know came to the fore. And obviously we scored a couple of good goals. Obviously we we can see the couple that that were probably weren't so good. Obviously i know gibson had the most uncharacteristic 25 minutes i think and something i'm it's something i'm kind of comfortable mentioning about him because he usually is so unbelievably consistent and solid it was just so out of character but the way he bounced back in the second half and on tuesday night has been fantastic and obviously really does show the kind of character and, and the player he is but uh yeah it was just crazy and then and then the red card. I think. I think John Coleman even admitted this. It was a bit soft, and it probably ruined the game a little bit because it was. It was really good fun. It might not have been very good for the heart, especially the hearts of either manager. But it was really exciting. Uh, and then when that sending off happens, obviously we have to kind of play in a certain way. We have to be a bit tighter and a bit maybe a bit more conservative at times. But saying that, obviously, Steve Robinson goes four three two, quite aggressive still as aggressive as you can be with, with 10 men, and, and while we go, God, we, and I thought we marshaled the game really well, and they didn't have loads of chances, I didn't, Kyle Leatherman didn't really have loads of amazing saves to make, and then, you know, we get, I think, a, our reward for a lot of hard work in that half, which was Toons forcing an error from their player, dodgy, God knows what he was doing, and, you know, calls in, and Cole, at the minute, you, you know, I just feel so confident whenever he gets the ball anywhere near goal. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be
0: near goal, does it?
2: <laughs> no, he doesn't have <laughs> to be inside the area.
0: No, it's crazy, isn't it? So I want to touch on the sending off, because obviously it, it became clear on Saturday night that everybody who was either in the Barticard or in the Accrington end uh, thought it was a definite sending off. And everybody on the Berlin Wall or in the main stand thought it was a soft sending off. From that, you were stood in the barter You know, I was to the right. Are you to the right or to the left, Joel?
2: Oh, I, I was in the right Lord stand. Oh, you're in the right Lord? Yeah, I'm in there. But okay. So, so you're in the right Lord. And, yeah. and
0: uh, everybody in the barter card just stood there and went, well, that's red. Because he was two-footed and he was off the floor. And everybody at the Ackerton end was like, I spoke to a couple of Ackie lads after, and they were like, yeah, we thought it was a red. But because it looked like it. And that's, you have to bear in mind, the ref was looking from the same angle. So to him, it looks like he's two-footed and off the floor. But when you see it on the TV from the side, it didn't look anything like it, did it?
2: No, and you know, from, from my angle, I, I saw two feet kind of go in, but it didn't look like a very aggressive challenge at all. And then when I see it from the, the TV angle from behind, it really doesn't look like a sending off. And obviously, when the highlights went on Quest later, the, the, the pundits there really didn't think it was a sending off either. And you know that that's from and the angle that they've had is that TV anger, angle angle for kind of behind the incident. So you know it, it's one of those contentious ones. I, I kind of the way I kind of think of it is you know yeah. how in the Premier League, if uh, with, with with how VAR works in the Premier League, if like there's a there's a, there's a borderline decision, it doesn't overturn it either way. Like yeah. I think if it hadn't been a sending off and say there was VAR involved, I don't think they would have overturned it to one and, and vice versa. It was just quite borderline, I think, really.
0: Well, I think the put that, well, I mean, since then, obviously we decided not to appeal it. So that's fair enough. It's one of those things. Um, so I'll come to you, Harry, you're the video analyst. What did you think of the sending off?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I was at the same angle as the TV footage. So for me, it just looked like 50-50. I wasn't expecting any sort of... Um, it was quite strange the way the atmosphere was. No Accrington fans were really chanting for a red card. It just sort of seemed quite quiet. I was <laughs> just expecting maybe a yellow for both. and then off they go but yeah i mean we were really shocked um yeah we, we did end up actually appealing it um but yeah it got turned down so turned
0: down yeah which uh, the well the person that i spoke to at the club said yeah we'll we'll try appealing it but we're not we don't think anything will happen because they back the refs which they do but there you go rod what was your thoughts
1: i thought it was very harsh david um at the time i wasn't absolutely sure but you know, looking at it again, and, and we had a discussion after the game about it. I think the the comments from uh, Ian Holloway and, and the Quest team um, made us look at it again and put the appeal in. I, I feel looking back on it, and you, you watch it through that, the ref went for a, for his pocket for a yellow, and I, and he actually he did give the Aculad a yellow. And I thought he was going to give two yellows. Uh, it did, from memory, did come with the linesman or the assistant referee, as we call them these days, and um, whether that swayed his decision. But I thought it was a really harsh, a really harsh red. And, you know, the active players, you know, there wasn't, there was a little bit going on, but it wasn't over the top, I didn't feel.
0: No, and I have to say, you know, there has been, it's something that I picked up on earlier in the season, and the fact that there there is now a preponderance yet again of five and six players surrounding the ref trying to influence his decision. Uh, and I and I posted on the forum this week that I think it, we should be returning to a sort of rugby union, rugby league style where it's the only the captain can go anywhere near the referee and speak to him because I just think, I think they can influence it and credit to Aki, there were only a couple of people doing it.
1: But it, but, it didn't happen immediately, David, did it? No, it didn't. It, did, it no. didn't happen immediately. That's, that's the point I'm making. It, no, it you didn't. know, there's a bit of a delay there and then then it was there. Yeah, that's
0: true. But I mean, in the end, everybody, you've got to be happy with
2: the point, haven't you, Joel? No, very happy, you know, I have to kind of uh, so I think especially after the way kind of we had a few games last season that were kind of you know sent sent uh, turned against us really by by a red card and sometimes quite a dubious red card, it was nice that on this occasion we were able to hold out and we, I, mean, I think we did it in quite a positive way, obviously with that kind of four three two we had Jonah younger coming on, causing a bit of you know just. Getting up there and getting in their faces a bit, and you know, overall, I thought it was you know really, really impressive performance. Because, like I said, you know, I don't think Actington had a ton of really good chances, and then for Cole to get that goal in the last ten minutes, you know, sends us all home happy. Well, from my point of view, I
0: thought justice was done uh, because um, there was there was there was uh, Coley's post-match where he was saying that uh, Cole Stockton was fouling Michael Nottingham all the time, and I'm like. Uh, I actually did raise my eyebrows at like that. I went, I know you're one-sided, Coley, and I know, but I was like, you know, Michael Nottingham was trying to turn Cole inside out, only. not he? So uh, I, I just posted on that one. I said, I think that was uh, six or one and a half a dozen of the other, to be honest. And the great thing about Cole is, and um, I'm going to mention my missus here, Sally, because Sally, Sally said on Tuesday night, she went, doesn't matter who kicks him, doesn't matter how many times, and like the other night, he got completely shirt-checked off his back and, and we got a call now when it should have been a penalty. And Sally just said, he never gets riled. He just shuts up and gets on with it. And that's the fantastic thing about Cole. Nobody can wind him up, isn't it?
1: He's, very, he's a very honest lad, isn't he? A very honest player. And, and maybe he could buy a, a free kicker a penalty or two, but he just gets on with his job. So, uh, and, and what, a, what an amazing start to the season he's had absolutely fabulous. Oh, absolutely. And
0: I, while we're talking about Cole, um, it's an interesting stat that obviously that's come out tonight, which uh, somebody some somebody has uh, has beaten us to it. I'm surprised you haven't got that one, Joel, to be honest. But we've scored more goals from open play than any other team in all four divisions. 14, yeah. which is fantastic. But the one thing I wanted to mention tonight was how many of Cole's goals have been in the six-yard box? Because I think there's only one. And that was the tap yeah. against Shrewsbury. Everything yeah. else has been at least 12 yards out, if not 20 yards out. Every time he shoots, it seems to be going in. It's
1: fantastic. And, and, and you know, like the Ipswich game, David, you know, winning the ball and, and taking it on, and he's scored some special goals, hasn't he? He has.
0: And that, that prompts the question that while we're on it, obviously, it, <laughs> there's, uh, when it's in the Daily Mirror and, uh, and all the sports pages saying he's the top scorer in Europe, um, this is basically, you know... I I am gonna throw it out there. Sheffield United, one point five million January. There you go. Because that's you know, somebody like that is gonna be looking at him thinking, well, he's the man, isn't he? He's the man. David,
1: at- David, David, calm down.
0: <laughs> but if, if you think if you think Max Waters Max Waters went for a million from Crawley to Cardiff, then uh, Cole's a division higher. So there you go. That's all But that's-
1: what, what but what's Cole Stockton worth to us right now is worth a ton of goals. Um, he's enjoying his football. He likes to be where he is. Let's just um, let's just settle it and let him get on with his job.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm just—it's all the press that are just saying, "Oh, you know," and it's just like, "Oh, can You don't—you be. don't,
1: don't believe—you don't believe what you're reading in the papers, David. I don't believe that for a minute. No,
0: I, I can't read. So uh, there you go. Right, Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln on Tuesday night. Lincoln arrived. Obviously, playoffs last season. Lost a couple of players, but signed quite a few. Uh, and particularly a couple of good lads, one on loan from City. Uh, they already had uh, Adal Larkin, who uh, proved in the first 15 minutes that he's got a clean pair of heels. I think, I think uh, he, showed, he showed Gibbo down the right-hand side and left him for dead, but then Gibbo played him really, really well, and after that, he didn't really do much. But they, they arrived, um, for me, um, as you, <laughs> anybody read Shrimps Online, he does an absolutely fantastic... Uh, preview of the game but the person that he got to do it from Lincoln was probably the most one-eyed person I've ever read oh we're brilliant we score goals and there's absolutely no chance you'll and we should be beating teams like Morecambe and it's like love
1: it love it
0: exactly and I thought all you got to do is show that guy show that guy's speech to the team and, and that's exactly what happened Joel wasn't it we were just that was our to, for me that was our most complete performance because we looked like we were starting to gel
2: yeah I think that there was some for me that the that... The real positives from that performance and probably that uh, in the little trio in front of the defence with uh, Toons, uh, O'Connor and Wutton. I thought O'Connor had his best game for us. I think he's been really good for us since he signed. And last night, he was particularly... Uh, not last night, a couple of nights ago, he was particularly good. Obviously, Wutton has that under-hit back pass, but aside from that, he was pretty damn solid and gets his goal. It seems like they're getting a real understanding now, which is good and really encouraging after... After Lavelle leaving, because I, you know, I think that I think obviously, I think cause, I think part because we do feel, I think the fan base as a whole felt quite connected to Lavelle because he's done a lot of work in the community and his dad played for the club. So I think it did among a lot of people, it, it seemed like there was quite almost an apocalyptic sense when uh, Lavelle left. But really, like, Wotton's come, come in. He's done a really good job uh teams did some great stuff in, in, in midfield, covered so much ground. I don't know how he does it at his age. You know, I just it's just amazing. And yeah, it was a tight game. I think they they have like the lowest in like the kind of the the uh, the least intense press in, in in the league off some of the numbers. I'm not just trying to impress Harry there. But uh, <laughs> but um yeah and that and that showed they did, they kinda of sat back and it was tough to break them down but in the end it takes a little bit of magic from Cole. And I think at the moment we can count on them to do that, and then a good set piece goal, which was a kind of nice way to cap off. Uh, I think we'll probably get into this more more later, but the, the, this latest kind of block of five games, we started this block of five games worrying about set pieces, and you know, and, and we were shipping so many from them, and we've ended it with a set piece goal. Hey, that rounds
0: it off nicely. doesn't so, uh, what are your thoughts on the game the other night, Harry? Uh, like I said, for me, the most complete performance. We've got 19 new signings, uh, and it looked to me the other night like everybody knew the role and everybody doing in the job, and even when we were under the cosh, because they've got some good lads. Fiorini on loan from City looked good. A couple of shots, Leather and good saves. But um, it was a complete performance for me. What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, completely agree. I think as a staff, we all agreed that, It's one of the best games we've played. Uh, Lincoln are a good football inside, and we knew uh, they'd have most of the ball. But as it turns out, we sort of were able to dictate play. I think we were quite good with our patience. We didn't force things too much. And, yeah, as you said, the team's gelling really well. Uh, I mean, Cole's just been unbelievable. Um, But I think we defended really well. Kyle was great, as you said. Um, And everything went to plan, really. Uh, Yeah, we were really happy with it.
0: Looking at it, Rod, we uh, in the cold light of day, and this is only my opinion, but we were, in my opinion, we were missing our our two best fullbacks that you'd pick every game. And obviously Ryan Cooney and Greg Lee, and yet um, Ryan McLaughlin and obviously we know Gibbo can do a job. Uh, Ryan uh, Ryan McLaughlin, uh, I thought he he settled it, he settled in really really well. I wasn't sure at first, but then he uh, he, he kept giving corners away because he kept stopping the crosses. You can't ask more than that, can you?
1: Yeah, I think I think you make a good point there, Devin. And, and, you know, as you said, how many new signings? It does take time to gel, doesn't it? Um, but that was, I would echo your thoughts, that that was a really solid, gritty, complete performance. I've got to say I was somewhat relieved when the second went in. And uh, a, a particular mention for Tombs, really, you know, We've had a Bentley, now we've got a Rolls Royce. In this guy, he's absolutely superb.
0: <laughs> you thought of that one before you came on, didn't you? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to go back to him as always and refer to him as the Vieira of the Bay because that's he was majestic the other night. I absolutely, absolutely. And
1: and, uh, and you know, you can see this. You can see this confidence coming out of uh, you know a lot of these lads now, and uh, you know Cole Stocking in particular. Strikers need. They need to score goals, don't they? And, and and they live off that, and they, you know, they 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 take energy from that. And I think that's really really obvious at the moment with Cole.
0: And uh, obviously, uh, we know we brought uh, we brought Jonah uh, Jonah on, who did absolutely brilliantly. Um, and uh, as you alluded to, um, he came and put himself about a bit, didn't he? On uh, the Accrington game and the Lincoln game, uh, and I thought it was quite telling that uh, Michael Appleton's post match was like Morecambe are a big side. And I'm like, are we? <laughs> are we a big side? Uh, our fullbacks are midgets, you know. But no. But um, I thought it was funny that he, he thought us was a big side, and he wasn't. I don't think he was expecting us to play quite as much football as we did, to be honest. What do you reckon, Joel?
2: No, yeah, I think I'm. I mean, we're definitely a smaller side than last season. Uh, yeah. I don't think this side don't feel that big compared to some of the players we had in last season. But you know, I think obviously in that last 15 minutes we chuck on Delaney who wins the header for that set piece but before I you know O'Connor and Wotton are the biggest for centre-backs at this kind of level they're not, they're not they're not massive uh you know Cole's you know physical but he's not really really giant so like yeah I think at the end of the day like this it's league one you know there is going to be an element of physicality to 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 a lot of how how teams play and it's it's not just us you know at some ends of the scale, you've got kind of Jillian, who are kind of even more kind of reliant on that physicality. But I think you know, I think we marry the two things quite nicely, really. I think you know, we you do see us play some nice stuff, and we can go go at things like that. And I, you know, we, I think what's come out in these last few games is us playing through the wingers a little bit more, and and being looking quite good through that. But then also, if we need to, we can hit it long to Stockton, and you can you know you can hold the ball up like he does so well. So you know, we've got. A few different ways of kind of breaking teams down, whether that's, that's more physical or more yeah. kind of play on the deck.
0: It is a good one because of all the teams we've played and obviously having seen all of the games, the, this, the side that I think we're probably most akin to, both size-wise and athleticism-wise, is Rotherham. Because I was impressed with Rotherham because they were all quick, they were all big, they were all quick, they all got stuck in. And I think that's the way that Stephen wants to play. He wants to be physical, but he also wants to play a bit. But um, so it seems to be working. So basically, two games: uh, the crew game last week, two wins and a draw. Um, as you were saying, Joel, uh, the, fa- the 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 second of the five group of five comes to an end, and it's been pretty
2: positive. Yeah, really positive. I think you know, I think he, I think it was six points for for survival, seven points in mid table, and eight points for around the like kind of playoffs. And, and we've had seven points in those first two blocks, so seven points each on those first two blocks. So, you know, mid-table. I think, realistically, I think that was my kind of upper hopes. And so far, we're kind of pulling that off.
0: True enough. And, and uh, as we were t- talking in the barter card the other night, we've got that many people to come back from injuries and suspension. Uh, that, And we're going to need them. We are going to need them. As pitches get heavier and the weather gets worse, there's going to be more strains, pulls, more yellow cards for silly tackles, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to need everybody to gel, but um, obviously that's for another day. Right, I'll come to you now, uh, Harry. Thanks for joining us. Um, as I said in your uh, in your intro, um, a, a video analyst. If you said ten years ago, Morecambe FC is going to have a video analyst, we, we, we'd have been thinking, why? What's he sat at home watching vid- what video nasties for? You know. But um, so it, it, was this a was this a job that you, you obviously you trained for it? You got it, but was it something that you were at school
3: and thought i want to do that or how did this come about yeah well, well to be honest i mean I, I would have always wanted to be a footballer i was just never had the ability to to be one um and then yeah at school always had a interest in football and didn't really know what i wanted to do when i left school so went to a few uni open days uh, and decided to go into sports science just because of i was into sport uh, didn't really have a specific career path i was going to look down to going to and then I went to Liverpool, John Moores University. Uh, and in my second year, I got a placement at Tranmere Rovers Football Club um, to work in their academy as a, an analyst. Um, and even then going into that, I wasn't really sure if that was what I wanted to go into. I was obviously aware of the role, but um had no real sort of like direction of where I wanted to go. And just that experience has convinced me that this is sort of like the career path I'd like to go down. Um, absolutely loved it there and they had a really good setup. Um, their head of academy was great with me Um, and then they actually ended up having a restructuring of their academy which meant um, that he lost his job and I basically ended up taking over as the head of academy um, and also helping out with the first team there Um, and it was a really interesting period because they were in the National League when I joined and then the two seasons I was there, both got promotions at Wembley um, beat Newport in extra Time (laughs) which was uh, familiar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was a uh, yeah i've had two good days against newport um but no yeah um like just really enjoyed my time there and then from Tranmere, i ended up getting a job at uh, a company called football radar who they own knots county football club uh, and do the recruitment for them so i was doing some work with them uh helping knots county recruit um, and then from there the the job at morgan came up and then yeah, went for that, and then luckily Derek put me on. that has <laughs> been so great.
0: It's interesting that you went, you went from Tranmere to Football Radar, because, um, and this is something that we've touched upon in past episodes, in the fact that um, there are lots of people willing to work in football for Peanuts. But then a couple of years down the line, you're like, well, I need to start getting a a living wage here. So not being rough on here, but was that the case that they wanted somebody virtually for nothing?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, It was part time. um, And yeah, I mean, I was I was doing my master's degree at the time. So I could sort of get away with it, um, balancing that with my studies. But yeah, I needed like a full time, a full time job. And Football Radar just set up an office in Liverpool. So, I mean, it it worked perfect for me. Um, And then luckily got, got the job there um it was really good for me it could have obviously Tranmere I got to see the football side of it all and then Football Radar was more of like a data-based company so sort of like I've seen the two extremes of it all really and then I realized football is where I want to be like at, at an actual club sort of working game to game um and then yeah the Morecambe job just came up at the perfect time really
0: so uh you, you were interviewed presumably by um uh, Derek yeah yeah uh, uh Derek who else
3: Uh, So the first stage was just me and James, um, and then after that it was, yeah, yeah, James Wakefield, then it was, yeah, me, uh, Derek, James again, and then Matt Rushton, could have, he'd been doing bits of the analysis on top of bouncing his media stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, the interview was great, it was uh, a lot of work to do for it, Um, uh, but no, it was really good.
0: So... You've been with us now. Uh, I, I, well, am I right in saying you were saying the the first game that you actually started with us was when we beat uh, Manchester United in the uh, Papa John's? Is that right?
3: Yeah, I think that was my first actual day, so <laughs> can't well, take credit
0: for that. That's, that's a good omen. And then again, you're the common denominator at Wembley because Newport losing
3: extra time. So uh, I know. I've had three that, trips to Wembley, and all three, yeah, been successful. So. <laughs>
0: So basically, uh, uh, did you press a button on John O'Sullivan and made him die?
3: <laughs> I can't say.
0: So what happens with you day to day? How do you do your video analyst job? Do you collect all the stuff that gets sent to you and you just watch, do you watch opponents and then you feed back to Stephen and Dermud? Do they come with specific things that they want you to pinpoint like set pieces or how does it work?
3: Yeah, so uh like a typical week would be obviously you have your game on your Saturday, uh which I'll be filming the match and then also I'll have my laptop where I'm sort of like uh I'm clipping certain stuff from the game, certain stats like whenever we enter say the final third or if we enter the penalty area or log it down. Um and stuff like that, like our key performance indicators that Steven wants to look at, so like crosses into the box, like people running in behind. Um, And then on a Monday after the game, we'll do a team meeting where we look at how we did on the weekend. So, like, for example, well, today we've just gone over a Lincoln game from uh, Tuesday, Um, like, going over what we did well, what we could have done better. And that's normally, like, a a 10-, 15-minute meeting with the players. Um, And then as soon as that's done, the attention sort of focuses straight on the next game. Um, So I'll put together a written report for the coaching staff um, on the opposition Gone over sort of like how they'd set up their strengths or weaknesses, um, like how we can hurt them, and then also put together a video presentation that we'll then show to the players uh, the day before the game. And then at that, so I'll work with uh, Barry Roach and Dermot on the set plays. Um, so we're all prepped on uh, who are the main threats for the opposition and where we can sort of like expose them. Um, and then uh, John McMahon will be the one that I work with on our post-match, so after we play a game. So so we've got different coaches designed for different um, areas that we're looking at. So do you work 70 hours a week? It is, yeah, it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> Everything you just said, I'm thinking, it's not enough hours in the day there, surely? Although we try and get a week ahead of ourselves with opposition stuff. So, like, I mean, we've got Wickham this on Saturday, but we're looking at Pool already sort of thing. So you try and just get as far ahead as you can because of, yeah, there's not, especially with these midweek games, there's not enough hours 1,000
0: a day. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, I suppose with you, with this sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Worst time of the year. <laughs> Can't wait for Saturday, Saturday.
0: If you, if you come on in 12 months time and uh, you've, you've, you've lost two stone and all your hair, we know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, ha- I'm going to hand you over to Joel now, uh, and Joel will have some really interesting technical questions for you, no doubt. Or have I stolen your thunder again,
2: dude? I quite like some of the questions you're asking, but I'll uh, I'll throw some I'll, I'll throw a few more in there just for the, right. uh, yeah. so kind of first of going. Obviously, you were speaking about uh, the opposition analysis you do. How many games? How how much footage do you tend to watch of an opposition in, in the lead up to playing them?
3: So it tends to be, we look to watch three games, two two to three games, but I mean, usually, like, we don't always say we'll watch it, like, all the way through. You might just watch, like, 60 minutes of one game, or, like, you might just then watch 30 minutes of one, 45 of the other. Um, And we try and pick games uh, where they're playing against a team similar to ourselves, say. So say if we're playing against a um, a team that play a back three and they've played against other teams that play a back three we might not watch that because we're going to go for back four um but yeah it tends to be about three games um and then yeah from those three games you're watching you're then trying to get it down to about three four minutes of video to show to the players so I that's the toughest part
2: yeah so is that kind of taking all that action in and then condensing it down into presentations because obviously like like you like, say so you need to deliver that kind of information to the players in kind of bite-sized chunks don't you
3: yeah that's the main thing i mean it's easy to sort of like get an idea of how a team plays but it's how do you show that best and yeah i mean you don't want to give the players like 10 minutes worth of clips before a game it's just too much so um the longer i've been doing it like the longer i've been an analyst the more i've more realized like the short used to be like used to do six minute videos now they're four minutes like now we try and get them down to like three minutes max and set players we'll just do like a one minute video on them just so it's really condensed, really good information for the players.
2: So t- talking to the players, do you ever have like much one-on-one uh, kind of working with them or or is it all stuff you kind of feed into a report to the manager and then they go one-on-one with the players?
3: At the moment, it's more team-based in terms of like, so all the players, we give them all their, their game clips after the match, all up so they can go watch them back on their phones, on laptops, or whatever. Um don't tend to give the players stats or anything just because of stats can be misleading. Um, so we just stick with the game clips. And then, yeah, it doesn't tend to be one on one stuff. It more be like if we're realizing certain trends as a coaching staff. Like, for example, we knew from the last block of five games, we weren't putting crosses into the box. So then we'll do a meeting with the wingers and we'll show them clips of where like opportunities where they could have put the ball in, but maybe they turned the pass back. Um, so we we'll more do like specific unit work, whether that's like with the back four, the midfielders, the forwards, um, rather than individual stuff.
2: So, so obviously you, you spoke about the crossing thing. I think that's something that Stevens. I think I can't remember if it was on here. He mentioned it, or if it was on the uh, on the radio in both. So there we go. I actually, tying up the uh, the podcast continuity there. You won't hear that anywhere else. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so when it comes to work working with the manager and those kind of game plans does he come to you with briefs or is it more you kind of being creative in your own right and, and finding things that the manager might not necessarily see himself
3: so with this one it was more Stephen just gave me the freedom to so he, he told me when he came in like he likes to work in blocks of five um and sort of like he told me the benchmarks on what points we needed and whatnot um but previously working under Derek, we used to work in uh, blocks of eleven games. So for him, I used to always put together like a ten-page report on how we'd done from those previous uh, block of games. Um, and then I hadn't really spoken through it with Stephen, but ended up just the first block of five games, giving him a report on uh, our sort of like key performance indicators, how well we'd done, areas that could have done better. Um, and then from that, yeah, he just he I left him to sort of like read the information take it on and then he came back to me saying uh we'd have a discussion about it and then we're like okay look, we need to improve on this how let's go look at the footage and check if that backs it up um and then we'll put a video together for the players um, but now we've sort of done it once we we already know like what sort of uh things we're going to be looking at going forward so like it was easy now we've looked at the crosses we knew they weren't great so we're going to continue to monitor that and this last block of five games will put more crosses in, and as you've seen from the goals we've scored. A lot of them came from crosses, so it's nice to see it come together.
2: So just I, I know you might not be able to answer this one. Is there anything in particular you're highlighting and working on, or is that a bit, uh, bit top <laughs> secret?
3: No, I mean, it's a lot of the similar stuff. There's nothing... Um uh, well, uh, only, today was like the first day we've been discussing it because we've only we've only just finished the block, um, so there's nothing specific I can tell you at the moment. But um,
0: uh, well, Gareth Ainsworth uh, a- will be listening, so yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for next time.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, no uh Just one thing I want to touch on as well uh, is in terms in terms of recruitment, uh, do you have much of a role to play in that?
3: So my sort of role in the recruitment process is use the data as sort of like a filtering tool in terms of so before when derek was here we were work. i was already working on stuff for the summer and then obviously he left and then stephen came in so we sort of used some of the stuff that i'd had already done um but it's more just like we'll highlight a bunch of players and then we'll use the data to filter them out so instead of giving them a list of 100 names you give a list of 10 names per se and then we'll look at the footage in detail um but for me it would just be say i'll just get told we need to find a this sort of position, this sort of profile of player, then you look at the data and you you bring up a shortlist um, and then the rest of the coaching staff will sort of explore that a lot further. So, yeah, I'm basically just acting as a filter into at the moment.
2: Yeah, so that they give you characteristics X, Y and Z from a player. You go out and find turn the massive long list into a shortlist with 10 and then, like you say, yeah. then they go through it fully on their own.
3: Yeah, I, like I'll just present like some stats with them and then, We'll get the video off Y scout and we'll just put, yeah we'll just go through it as a staff. Um, I think that's the best process because I mean, I don't think I'd ever sign a player just based on stats because there's always a story behind it. Um, like some people, some players might have great stats, but that's because they only come on for the last ten minutes when the game's like a basketball match. So you need to take it into context. Um, and Stephen's really good at understanding like the data and what's good and what's not. So yeah, it's been really good. It's, uh, it, it's.
0: I'm glad you said that because that, with the questions that Joel's asked, and I, I noticed he raised his eyebrows when, when you said you can't take stats as everything, and, and Joel's eyebrows went huh?
2: <laughs> like that. No, Joel, he's absolutely right. It's all about context. You can't just yeah. ever take it on its own. It's, you've got to put it into context.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so really what it's doing, you're, you're doing the, if you like, you're sort of, you're doing a filtering process, aren't you? You're taking that and digging a little bit deeper and finding out, okay, this person's got really good stats. So it's, it's not quite money ball, it's not quite money ball. Because the simple fact is, you can probably do that with baseball stats, but you can't with football, because there's too many variables. Because baseball is you know, either a pitcher, a catcher, or a batter. Whereas football, you've got 22 different positions, all doing different things. So I think it's a good point you make that because I was just about to ask you, because obviously you can't take the stats as everything because if you did, you'd end up with with people with great stats and probably half a decent team.
3: Yeah, 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 100%. I think you've got to understand that quite quickly when getting into it. One, you won't get the res- uh, respect of the coaching staff if, you just, if you're sort of, they're saying a player's not great and then you're like, no, 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 he's great, he's got great stats. You've got to sort of understand why players are like they are. Um, and it's not just like the stats when you're looking at recruitment it's like injury history stuff like that there's always a reason behind things
0: and, and, and it, it's interesting because obviously um, st- I, having spoken to Stephen and Dermot. they're interested in the person they're yep. very interested in the person themselves what are they like will they fit in will they fit in with the squad and Stephen mentioned when he was on that they look for people who are, what are they like in the dressing room? Are they are they somebody who, if he's not being picked, he starts sniping and stuff like that? And that's that's something else you've got to consider, isn't it?
3: Yeah, 100%. I think that's the one of the things we've done really well. If you look at the squad this year, I mean, 19 new players, and there's already that team spirit. Um, I mean, we had the same last year, like it was a really great team spirit, and we've done it again this year. So, um, yeah, I think I think mean, that's a really important thing to look into, and that's where... Uh, The Gaffer's contacts come in great. Could he's able to ring people up and find out what they're actually like as a person? Could yeah, you can't get that off the stats.
2: I suppose Um, that's how they. Sorry, that's how they tie in, isn't it? Because you give him that shorter list, so instead of having to ring around about twenty players or whatever, he only has to ring around about five or six to really kind of dig down on that, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like the data's just got to be used as a time-saving tool, really, because of like you said. There's not enough hours in the day to get all the work done, so any sort of shortcut you can make is better.
0: As, it's interesting that you said you said that, Harry, because obviously at the moment it, it's pretty pretty easy to please everybody because we've got that many people in the sick bay. But sort of when they all get back fit after Christmas, there might be a few rumblings, and it'll be interesting to sort of uh, see how that works out, won't it? Because obviously at the moment everybody's getting a game because we've got we've got we've got that many six five six seven maybe because of injuries and suspensions who are not involved but obviously that can change can't it
3: yeah i mean I've, we've got a very competitive squad um i mean you could literally almost like when everyone's fit, you could put about two elevens and they would both be just as competitive as the other um and it's just about the players like how hungry are they how much do they want to improve and, and they'll be the ones that that do well and then um yeah i think we've got a really good group we've put together
0: well, that's, that's certainly an insight for me. It, it was sort of like, if I'm being honest, it was about a quarter of what I thought you were going to say. So that's really good from that point. But I'm sure, I'm sure Joel's got another 50 questions now, but we've got to move on. Um, I'll come to Rod now. Uh, Rod, we've had some fun and games this week. Um, I, was a, a, I wasn't was a little bit disappointed, but I'm going to say, you know, I was, I was putting people right that we hadn't dropped below 3,700 for a home crowd. And then obviously Tuesday night, Lincoln uh, brought... 241 which is great for them on a Tuesday night it's a long way getting home at three o'clock in the morning but uh, we just did 3400 which um, is still a fantastic crowd by any means uh, and I thought it was funny that uh, on, I went on Lincoln's forum which I'm sure Joel has and they were, they were sort of like mocking the, uh, the conference style crowd of 3400 so I had, to, I had to point out that taking 241 uh, we took more to St Albans in the conference than they brought to us in League One uh, I don't know if they like that because I haven't been back on yet. So, but it's true. We took about two fifty, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty at St Alban's when we we're in the conference on a Tuesday night. So it's like, you know, they, they were taking the mix in. We're a big club, but attendance-wise, you've got to be happy, haven't you? Oh,
1: well, it's been it's been tremendous, David. Um, you know, you're looking at two thousand six hundred season tickets uh, up to Tuesday night, an average crowd of uh, of four two. Um, and, and that done in a, you know, quite a, a steep trajectory. Really, uh, it was a gamble with the season tickets, um, but I think we're giving great value for money. Uh, they're affordable. Um, there's a great the atmosphere. I think now we've broken that, that, that hurdle of the atmosphere at um, at the Mizzouma. Which has taken a long time coming. You know, it's, it's been a while to make, really make it home, apart from the odd game. Um, but I think we've done that now. And, and you know, fair play to the fans. I take my hat off to them. I, I think they've been absolutely superb. And good to see the uh, the main stand joining in with some of the yeah. chanting and banter as well, because that is so important.
0: Yeah, you were in the main stand. I hope you were singing Joel the other night.
2: I was having a little uh, bit of what uh, I can boogie. I was uh, getting on with a bit of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because um, like you say, Rod, it was a gamble with the season tickets, but um, it's definitely paid off. It's improved the atmosphere. As you said, I think we've finally laid the, la- laid, laid the ghost of Christie Park to rest. Um, because you can't say the football hasn't been entertaining and you can't say the atmosphere hasn't been fantastic. But looking at that, did you expect to sell two thousand six hundred, or, or did you think we'd go, we'd we settle for two thousand?
1: Um, no, we, we didn't expect to do that. It, it's exceeded all of our predictions and hopes, uh, and and long, long may it continue. And and the interesting thing is, that, of course, um, people who maybe haven't been um, to watch Morgan for a number of years, or even even new converts. The, the feedback that's coming through. And, you know, the, the town seems to be buzzing, the localities taking it on board. Um, very positive feedback. And, you know, if people are on the hook, they're going to stick with it. Now, I'm not saying, um, you know, in good times and bad, because, David, we've been there, haven't we? We've been there, we've seen it. Um, and, and and right now, there's a real, real momentum um, from, from behind the scenes and, on the park and with supporters. So, you know, it's engaging with that. It's making sure that we continue with that. Um, and and I, I've got to say, we're really encouraged. And we're serving chips. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. Uh, uh, my wife, my wife's dro- uh, she's got a season ticket for the first time ever. And uh, she's had pies for three games and then she's gone out the chips. And um, the next home game, she's going to try chips and curry sauce. Uh, so I'm a bit,
1: I'm a bit disappointed. She's not, she's not showing her face tonight, David. Actually,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she's better looking than me. He'll, no, he's... no. I'm going
1: to say we could have had when Harry met Sally. Uh,
0: oh, oh, oh. That, good setup. Good setup like that one. Yeah. Um, you've put me off. Me, you've put me off scent <laughs> now. Um, but they, I, I think the the other change that's happened and it's been noticeable, is that um, obviously Ben and Ryan uh very professional and hard workers um people like harry doing what they do we're, we're a league one club now and we actually our presence online and our presence in the local media and our presence it's improved tenfold uh, and obviously that's down to things like you know um dave salmon does his uh his 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 podcasts we do our podcasts uh the club uh, a very kindly a uh, uh, share in our podcast which is fantastic but uh, but they're putting out so much stuff on Facebook etc etc nobody can say they're not informed anymore and that leads me nicely to the hoo-ha about we've had about coaches going to Wickham this week because obviously Charlie at the boardwalk was putting him on got his fingers burnt at crew because people let him down and a coach let him down and it cost him money and there was a, a massive backlash Uh, this week and I can understand why because people are are now trying to buy in and go to away games and that's where you and the the directors you know I'm giving you a chance to shine here on because as usual you saw this problem and you've tried
1: to put it right well you know (laughs) the responsibility there as well David you know travel that the club puts on official travel has to um has to subscribe to the laws of the land and so that's very simple um up to now, right now, as we speak, we've twenty people booked on a fifty-three seater coach tonight. Uh, now I think that's going to improve tomorrow, but we've made our stance on it. Um, me and some colleagues have said we'd um, we'd uh, underpin the, the finances of that, and we will. But what I want to do beyond all this, I, I feel for Charlie Edward because I think he got some unfair uh, criticism uh, early in the week, uh, and 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 he, he 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 had been bitten by that. And, you know, uh, 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 as somebody who's looking at away fans and sponsoring the coaches, he shouldn't be absolutely losing money hand over fist like he was. But I think there's a bigger agenda here. I think what we've got to do is sit down. We've got to engage with the trust. We've got to engage with the supporters groups and get out, get the act together. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you, you, you and I know that there have been, um, you know, the sardines or Terry's Travel or whatever. They do it their way, and I certainly haven't got a, a, an issue with that. That they've done that for years and years and, and fair play to them, you know, carry on with that, absolutely. You know, we don't we don't want them missing mustaffers on a on a Saturday night, do we? That would be that would be terrible. But beyond that, we've got to as a club, I think we've got a, a responsibility and almost a duty of care to engage with other groups and individuals. And, and, and ensure that people can get to football matches away from home safely within the law and enjoy the experience and, and make it economically viable as well for both parties, the people booking on and the football club.
0: I agree with you completely um, I think partly partly the issue and, and I think that the, the clever thing you 've done is said that there will be somebody stewarding the coaches. Yeah. Or the coach, which I think that needs to be done because obviously the situation, uh, I'm aware that, you know, uh, Charlie, as you said, he got his fingers burnt, But, um, you know, he was, he was there sometimes and sometimes he wasn't to run it. And therein lies the problem. If there's, you know, if there's nobody there actually supervising, things can get out of hand. And I've seen it myself. Uh, and, like, you know, we've got a lot of enthusiastic young lads. Uh, and they are boisterous and they do want to drink and what have you. And like somebody quite clearly said on Facebook, that's fine. You know, the coach sets off an hour earlier. You can go for a pint, a couple of pints before the games. That's the way it works. But we have to adhere to the laws of the land,
1: as you said, don't we? You can, David, you, you cannot carry alcohol on a coach going to a sporting event and you, and you cannot drink it. You know, it's very clear. Legislation's there. Um, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to travel on the coach on, on Saturday morning. I can't get get on the team coach tomorrow because I have other things to do. So I'm going to travel on the coach. Eddie Welbrick's going to travel on the coach and maybe another colleague as well. So we want to share that experience. We want to make it right. And I think that is really important. But we also want to give fans an opportunity to get to these away games, to get to the grounds, to give the lads the support, which is the be all on end all for me. That's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, Rod Taylor, Charlie up the Graham House. It's not about that. It's about those fans getting that experience, going to the games, and supporting the boys on the park.
0: Amen to that, man. I, I hope. Um, well, this this is this will be out by sort of well, probably late tomorrow morning, Joel. This will be out. Yeah, it'll be out Thursday, hopefully. If you're li- you listening to this and you fancy going to uh, Adams Park, you can still book on till about is it three o'clock, Rod?
1: Three o'clock. Yeah. Yep. And, and you can buy your ticket down there on the day. So yeah, although our ticket's are off sale now, you can buy it on the day. It's not an issue at all.
0: So that, that, that ties it up nicely with our, our last point of discussion uh, on this podcast, which is obviously the game at Adams Park on Saturday. Gareth Ainsworth, longest, service man, longest serving manager. He's got a
2: particular way of playing, Joel, uh, and he's stuck to his guns over the years and, and it's worked for him, hasn't it? Yeah, no, you, you know, you see the the success they've had, obviously, initially going up from a uh, league two, and then all, all the way into the championship. Which, you know, the, and you know they weren't too far. I mean, they they were relegated by a few, a couple of points in the end. But considering, I think many people had them down for kind of you know finishing rock bottom and miles away from anything. So I think they only got relegated by like, something like two or three points. So you know they did quite well overall. And, you know, they've started this season pretty well. I think, you know, they they will be roundabout up there. So, yeah, I think Stephen Robinson said said it already in an interview this week. It probably is going to be one of our toughest games of the season. But, you know, I think we've improved since uh, playing the likes of Rotherham earlier this season, who were comfortably the best team I think we've played. And, you know, I think, you know, hopefully those improvements will help us put in a good performance on, on Saturday. Uh, Harry, you've been watching the
0: videos. Um, they do have a particular way of playing and it hasn't really changed much over the years. So we, we probably do know what to expect, don't we?
3: Yeah, yeah. We know it's going to be a really tough game. We know they can be quite direct. And um, I mean, they've mixed over sort of a back three and a back four. So we think they'll go over back three. But um, I don't think they're as good as Rotherham from what I've seen. But I mean, they, yeah, like Joel said, they're going to be right up there in the season. I mean, we're we're positive. We've got seven points from the last nine. Um, we're going to be full of confidence, um, and hopefully, we can get a good result.
0: And coming to you, Rod, are you going to put your steward uniform on on the coach?
1: Can't discuss it, David. <laughs> um, I mean, look, looking at looking at, Rod's
0: outfit, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: look, looking at the last five games, we have both played two two losses each, two wins each, and a draw. So, I mean, that's quite a, a, you know a nice. A nice um, precursor to the game, isn't it? There's a lot to be play, a lot to play for. Hey, and you and I were down at Adams Park many, many years ago in the FA Trophy, of course. So you know, um, and, and that was adventure then, David. For goodness' sake, I could uh, I could tell you a fantastic story about Andy
0: Green, but I can't.
1: I, well, I know the story, um, <laughs> but, but but listen, listen, the grass isn't always greener. Oh yeah, true <laughs> enough, very so, true. Can I just finish on one thing, David? Um, as you know, we put um, a Goodbye Little Old Malcolm um, document out a few months ago. That wasn't just words, that's a work in progress. And um, and Charlie and, and and James have updated that. So we are looking at the future now. We are working on this all the time. It's a, it is a work in progress. It's a working document. There's a hell of a lot going into it. And, you know, from where we were, you know, getting Ben on board. I mean, getting Ben on board has, has, has it eased my life so much. I can't tell you how much. Um, and he's, he's committed, he's, 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 he's got great ideas. We've started three new staff within um, the stadium this week. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot that we can't project immediately, but we will do. And I think people will see the changes. As you rightly said, just projecting you know onto the social media um, uh, platforms that's been a real positive and you know when when Matt start criticism of Matt because when Matt was there he was doing two jobs two massive jobs so to split that you know Harry's concentrating on the uh, on the analysis side and then we've got um, we, we we've we've got uh, Ryan and come on I call him Harry I've got Harry in my head now uh, and uh, you know do, doing what we need to do to get the message out there, and that's that is so important. Matt's his name, that, that is so important because I if you meant Matt, I didn't want to say, yeah, no, I did not mean Matt. But I, coming out of jillingham I was pulling his leg and I called him Harry, and I've been calling him Harry ever since. And now I've got to think what I'm really saying on it just to wind him up. um well,
0: I would say that it's all
1: right, Joel, will edit it out, but he won't. No, No, I'm I'm not bothered. It's absolutely, you know me, David, it's absolutely fine. But I'm just trying to get the point across that there are things happening all the time, massively, on the catering side, on the hospitality side, um, you know, getting a roof behind that uh, Barthekar Terrace. It is happening, it will happen. Just taking a little bit longer than we thought now, but it will happen. A lot of good things going on
0: it's a good job it will happen because I'm stood there and I don't want to get wet. (laughs) And uh, I shall give you after last, last week's uh, revelation from Charlie that he wants mushy peas, not processed peas. uh, That didn't change. I like processed peas. I don't care, but I will, I will get my wife to give you a critique of the, uh, of the, uh, the chips and uh, curry sauce at the, uh, at the next time I see you. No problem.
1: No problem at all.
0: So thank you to Rod, chief executive. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Harry uh, now uh, strange this isn't it strange this Rod Taylor Harry Taylor hmm nepotism rules chaps we've
1: got we've got got Graham House and Oliver House haven't we Uh, oh
0: yeah true yeah yeah true this is what you've got to look forward to Harry losing
1: (laughs) your hair and going (laughs) down listen uh, thank you very much Uh, David 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 David. and also through the gate we've nearly got a full house
0: Yes, true enough. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. Happy days. So that's it. Thank you for listening or watching. Um, It's been another eventful um, edition. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week to give you a critique of the 3 0 win at Wickham. (laughs) when we need Harry back on to tell us where we went right (laughs) Uh, and obviously Joel will have some important questions for a guest who Charlie likes to keep secret till the last minute so this has been uh, Shrimp's Trust The Shrimp Net, I hope you've enjoyed it join us again next week